Hey, welcome to the Crosspoint Church Podcast. I'm Rob Chartrand, the lead pastor of the church. We're a church that's for the city in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, and are passionate about helping people find their way back to God. Hey, if you're new, I'll have a bit to say at the end of the podcast, but in the meantime, let's listen to this Sunday's message. Well, good morning, everyone. For those of you just joining us for the first time at Crosspoint, so glad you're with us this morning. My name's Rob. Uh, one of the pastoral staff here at Crosspoint, and I just want to say you are, you are so welcome here today. Uh, we are in a series, second week of a series that we're doing together. It's called Scent, and uh, we're talking about and we're learning and discovering what it means to be the scent people of God. Uh, and last week, we started the series by just talking about our identity as followers of Jesus. When, when Jesus comes into your life and you welcome him in, you surrender your life to him, he changes you, he gives you a new identity, and part of that new identity means being a sent person. In other words, just as our God himself is a sent God and ascending God, uh, we who are being transformed into his image as followers of Jesus, we're becoming more and more like him every day, we too are a sent people, just like our God himself is a sent and ascending God. So this, that was last week, we talked about that just to kind of kick off the series. Uh, this week, we're going to be talking about a, a very specific topic, and uh, uh, the title of, of today's message is called One Job. So if you've got your bulletin insert, pull that out. You can uh, track along with that. Um, but I'm going to just start off and dive right into this week's topic. I'm going to just consider this question. How many of you have ever heard the phrase before, you had one job? You heard that phrase before? Okay, you had one job. It's the kind of thing that we'll say to somebody who... Uh, was supposed to do something, they didn't do something, they had a huge job fail, they completely blew it, okay? The thing that they were supposed to do, and we say to them, say it with me, you had one job, come on. Okay, so, uh, I, you know, if you go on the internet, you find lots of great uh, examples of job fails. Uh, I wanted to show a few of them with, uh, to you this morning, some examples that I found that I just thought were just so enjoyable, so that's one, okay? Say that with me this morning. You had one job. Okay, I call this one hooked on phonics. Okay, let's bring up the next one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is the, the winner of the annual Not My Job Award. Okay, let's say that together this morning. You had one job. Okay, one more. Here we go. Yes. Yeah, that, that's actually, uh, that's my kitchen that I did in the former house I owned, and uh, that's how it ended up at the end of the day. Say it with me one more time. You had one job. Okay, so um, I, I also found, just kind of as the finale this morning, a viral video that got sent to me a number of months ago. A number of you have probably seen this, of an example of you had one job. You got to really, really pay attention, okay? So everybody focus on the screen and particularly focus on the drummer in the back. Let's show this video. You had one job. Do we need to see that again? No, I don't think so. You got it? Okay. You had, you had one job. Okay. Uh, you know, sometimes the, one of the reasons why we fail at the job we have is because we don't know what our job actually is. And so that's why it's really important to get really, really clear on what it is that we're supposed to ultimately be doing. So uh, today, to illustrate this, I, I'm going to invite up one of our cross pointers. His name is Ethan Findley. Where are you, Ethan? Oh, yeah, come on up. Welcome, Ethan. Okay, come on up. All right, so Ethan is a good brother of mine. He's in my discipleship group. Say hi. Hi. Oh, is, it's, oh. It's, you had one job. <laughs> I was just, just kidding. Can I borrow your mic? No, okay. It got turned off. Are you sure? I think you can there you go. Okay, you're loud. Okay, so Ethan, I'm going to give you a job Name this is morning. Ethan. All right, I'm going to send you out on a mission. Okay. Okay. 
and uh, I'm going to be really, really, really clear about it, okay? You don't have a choice. Right. You're going to okay. do this, okay? okay. Um, I want you to go to McDonald's for mm -hmm. me, okay? okay? There's a McDonald's just up 50th Street, okay? okay? Not far away. Okay. I want you to get into the drive-thru. When you mm -hmm. get into the drive-thru, I want you to pick me up a coffee. Okay. Okay. What would so, you like in that coffee? I, okay, I want a medium coffee. Okay, medium coffee. Double cream, double sweetener. Double sweetener. Okay. Yeah, okay. Now, I'm going to give you my bank card. You can okay. tap it, okay? Oh, okay. I'm trusting you with this. This is my life savings. There you go. No, you, okay. you tap it when you get there. Okay. Okay, so you're really clear on, yep. on the, what I your job it. is. You have mm -hmm. one job. Yep. One job. Yep. Here you go. Thank you, Ethan. Give him a hand. He's going to go to McDonald's. Um, I was pretty clear on the instructions, right? Okay, okay. Um, if you haven't guessed it already, this, the question I want us to consider this morning is this. What is our one job as the church? What is our one job? And if there is one overall task, one pursuit that Jesus, our leader, has given to us as the church, what is our one job? Now, to answer this question, to help us answer this question, I want to look at a passage of Scripture. And it's found in the book of Romans, chapter 15. Um, and if you have a paper, a digital Bible, you can turn there today. Uh, you can also track along in the notes with us today. But I want to do a deep dive into this passage of Scripture. Um, and I think it's going to help bring some clarity to this question. What is our one job? Uh, just a bit of background on the book of Romans, written by the Apostle Paul. He's writing to the church in and about the city of Rome a couple thousand years ago. Uh, chapter 15 is near the end of Paul's letter. He's been spelling out pretty much for most of Romans what the gospel means and what the implications of the gospel, the good news about Jesus, is all about. Um, but now he's getting a little bit more personal. He's talking about his travels, and he's talking about what he intends to be doing uh, in these latter chapters of the book of Romans. And here, in this section that we're going to look at, Paul is explaining to the Roman Christians what he thinks his one job is. In other words, what's his life's pursuit, his great mission? So, I'm going to read it for you, and you can follow along, uh, and uh, we'll start reading at verse 14. So, Paul's writing, he says, I myself am satisfied about you, my brothers, that you yourselves are full of goodness. You're filled with all knowledge and able to instruct one another. But on some points, I've written to you very boldly by way of reminder because of the grace given me by God to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles in the priestly service of the gospel of God so that the offering of the Gentiles may be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. In Christ Jesus, then, I have reason to be proud of my work for God. For I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me to bring the Gentiles to obedience by word and deed, by the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem all the way to Elycrium, I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ. And thus, I make it my ambition to preach the gospel, not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on someone else's foundation. But as it is written, those who have never been told of him will see those who have never heard will understand. This is the reason why I have so often been hindered from coming to you. But now, since I no longer have any room for work in these regions, and since I have longed for many years to come to you, I hope to see you in passing as I go to Spain and to be helped on my journey there by you. Once I have enjoyed your company for a while. This is the word of God. Let's pray. Father, pray that you would take the, the, the reading of this word, the explanation of this word, and something would birth in our hearts. A vision, God, for this one job that you have for us as your people, as your church. God, we surrender ourselves under your leadership, under your will. And uh, God, wherever we're at today, we're all coming from different places. And pray that you would just birth something in us. We give you thanks now in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Okay. So, what was Paul's one job? It can be summarized in what he says in verse 21. He says, his one job was to preach the gospel to those who had never been told of him, to those who had never heard. Paul's one job, he felt, was to preach the gospel, to bring the good news about Jesus to places where it had never been heard before. And it's interesting, you know, Paul, Paul was writing to the church in Rome, but Paul actually had never been to the church in Rome. 
uh, but he wanted to visit Rome because he believed uh, there were still people there in Rome and are all about Rome. Rome is a very huge city who had not yet heard about Christ. And then Paul, even after that, says, well, once I get to Rome and I do my work there, I've got even further plans, and I'm going to go all the way to Spain, which is even further down the road. Now, Paul, Paul says in the, in the letter, he says, you know, I, I, I finished my work in Jerusalem all the way to Elycrium, okay? The church, uh, in other words, in those areas was growing. There were enough people there who could carry on the work that Paul had started. He didn't need to go and start any new works there. His job there was done. And so he's saying, now it's time for me to move on. Now, I'm sure most of you are not first century Bible geographers, okay? You don't have a good grasp of the geography of the first century. Uh, so I, I want to help us grasp how massive Paul's job was that he's talking about here. So let's look at a map here of the Roman Empire, okay? And you can see Jerusalem to the east on the map, okay? And you can see Illyricum there, okay? Uh, so essentially, sorry, Illyricum, I'm saying it wrong, <laughs> Illyricum. And so essentially, that entire area, oh, hello, oh, hey, Ethan, how are you? Uh, I'm doing good, I'm at uh, the Tim Hortons uh, drive-thru, you want uh, a large coffee, right? Okay, um, no, I want you, no, 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 Tim Hortons is across the street. I want you to go, oh, you're at McDonald's, thank you, okay. Yeah, I want, I want a medium coffee. What are you, what are you getting me? Medium coffee with uh, two cream, two sugar, right? No, no, uh, let's get really clear about this, Ethan, okay? Um, okay. I want you a medium coffee uh, with double cream. Double sweetener, okay? So that's, okay. that's like the artificial stuff that's going to, you know, kill me in about 10 years, that stuff. Really? Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, 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 not sugar. Okay. okay. It's a toss-up, I know, diabetes or cancer, but I'm going for cancer. Okay. Okay. All right, sounds good. <laughs> all right, so, all right, so you're real clear? Yes. All right. Coffee, two cream, two sweetener. Yeah, yeah, bless you, my brother. Okay, yeah, we'll see you soon. Okay. Yeah, bye. Right, bye. Where was I? All right, so back to the map. Okay, so Illyricum was a province of Rome. So basically what Paul is saying is this is a huge area. He's gone from Syria into what modern-day Turkey and modern-day Greece would be, okay? That entire area, he says, he has finished his work there in bringing the gospel of Jesus, okay? So... Paul, if you know his story, he embarked on three major missionary journeys, and uh, it, it was an incredible feat for him to go and to preach the gospel. It took many, many years, okay? And, and as Paul did this, I mean, he was on foot for the most part, or else he was by ship, okay? And they have calculated in, in Paul's entire missionary experience, it took, uh, he probably took about 10,000 miles in his journey. That's how far he traveled. And you're trying to think, well, what's 10,000 miles? To go from one end of Canada to the other is 4,000 miles, okay? So in Paul's entire missionary experience, what he's describing here would have been like going to Canada and back and halfway across again. Is how much of the world he traveled going to these major cities like Thessalonica, uh, Thessalonica, uh, Corinth, Ephesus, Athens, all these major cities talking about Jesus. This was his job. And he says, well, now my job in this area is complete. So... We can be assured, probably, Paul got his 10,000 steps in every single day if he had a pedometer. You know, I think when you think about Paul and, and the kind of a guy he was, I think most of us can conclude that Paul was a guy who took his job pretty seriously. Any of you ever worked with somebody, you know, maybe in your, where, that takes their job a little bit too seriously? Anyone ever worked with somebody? Okay, and you're like, yeah, that person really takes their job a little bit. Paul was that guy, okay? Paul took his job really, really seriously. I can imagine that Paul would have been a really challenging guy to work with. If you were a slacker, you would not have lasted a single day with Paul. I mean, he was super, super intense uh, about his job. So the question is, why did Paul do it? I mean, why was Paul taking his job so seriously? Why so serious, Paul? 
And the answer to that question, I think, is found in verse 15. Paul writes, and he says this, he says, A grace was given me by God to be a minister to the Gentiles. So Paul was describing a particular calling that he had on his life. Jesus had sent Paul out to do a very specific task. Paul had one job. The interesting thing about the story is, if you know the story of Paul, is that Paul wasn't always working for Jesus. Jesus was not always Paul's Lord, Paul's boss. Uh, as a matter of fact, Paul was once an enemy of the church, a persecuted uh, persecutor of Christians. Uh, if you know Paul's story, he was a young, zealous rabbi. He was the guy that had Christians thrown into jail because he believed that, that Christianity, this new way, this new movement was destructive to Judaism. It was destructive to his beliefs. And so one day, Paul, as he was making this journey, you read about it in Acts chapter 9, he's making this journey to Damascus, and he's going to the synagogue in Damascus because he wants to get permission from a synagogue there so that he can arrest Christians in Damascus and, and, and then, of course, persecute him. Paul's on his way. He's on his journey to Damascus, and suddenly there's a light that shines from heaven. It knocks Paul out, okay? He hears a voice from, from heaven. Jesus starts speaking to him, and Paul then goes into the city, and he starts to pray. Meanwhile, God gets the attention uh, of, of another disciple whose name is Ananias, and he says, you know, you need to go find Saul. You know, the Saul guy who's persecuting Christians, throwing them into jail, watching them get stoned to death. Yeah, that's Saul. You need to go find him, and you need to lay your hands on him, pray for him, heal him, and bring him a message from me. And of course, Ananias is a little bit reluctant. He doesn't want to go and talk to Paul. But Jesus says, no, no, no. I need you to speak to Paul. And here's what he says. Acts chapter 9, verse 15. This is what Jesus said to Ananias. But the Lord said to him, go, for he, Paul, is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. It's fascinating when you read that statement because what this means is that Jesus had recruited Paul for a job before Paul had even fully surrendered his life to Christ. Paul wasn't even baptized at this point. And Jesus has got his finger on Paul's life and says, hey, Paul, you have one job. And his job was to bring the gospel to the Gentiles, to non-Jewish people. And this, this is what Paul means when he says, this is the grace that was given me by God. As a matter of fact, in other parts of the New Testament, you read about how Paul calls himself the apostle to the Gentiles. Okay, that word apostle actually means sent one. That's the literal translation of it. So Paul was sent by Jesus to preach the gospel, to bring the good news about Jesus to non-Jewish people, to people that weren't part of his own heritage, his own background, and to share with them this good news. So that was his one job. And so because of that, I mean, you, you think about the implications of that. You think about the weight of this calling on Paul's life. This is why Paul took his job so seriously. And it's why he was so passionate to share the gospel with those who had never heard. Paul wanted to go to the unreached places, new uncharted places, sometimes even difficult places, because he knew there were people who needed to hear this good news about this God who had rescued Paul, who had changed his life and transformed it so radically. Now, you might be wondering today, well, that's, that's great for Paul. Way to go, Paul. But what does that have to do with me? Well, as it turns out, Paul's one job is part of a much bigger, larger job that Jesus has given to his church. Paul's job is only a subset, a smaller part, a more specific aspect of the larger job that Jesus has given to his church. Did you know that Jesus has given us, his church, his people, one big job? Let me, let me, let's look at the final words of Jesus in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. Jesus has, has been resurrected. He's been with his disciples. He's about to go into heaven. And this is what he says to his disciples. Part of his, his famous last words. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Jesus says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Jesus gave this final job to his followers before he ascended. He said this. He said, be my witnesses. In other words, tell the world the good news about me. Be my witnesses wherever you are, where you live now and to the end of the earth. Tell a story. Tell, about it. tell it where you live. Tell a story where you work. Tell a story where you play, whether you're sitting on the sidelines at your kid's soccer game. 
wherever you are, tell the story, be my witnesses. But not just where you are, to the end of the earth. Tell it in those places where it has never been heard before. You know, Matthew's gospel also captures some of Jesus' words, his famous last words. You read about it in Matthew chapter eight, uh, chapter 28, verse 19. This is what uh, is famously known as the Great Commission. Jesus is speaking before his ascension. Here's what he says, Matthew 28, verse 19. He says, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. What is the church's one job? What is our one job? Our one job is to go and to make disciples. But did you notice in, the, in this particular text who we are to make disciples of? Jesus says we are to make disciples of all nations. We are to bring the gospel to those who have never heard. And you know, it's interesting, in the Greek, that word all nations, there's a Greek word uh, phrase for it, it's called ta ethne, okay? And many missiologists, those people who study missions, who know a lot about this, okay, um, when they will say that that phrase ta ethne doesn't mean countries with borders, okay? The thing about borders and the borders we have around our countries is they're always shifting, they're always changing, they're fabricated by human beings, we put the borders up, Okay, where we chose to move them. Uh, if you're in different parts of the world, you realize that the border that's there today might not be there two years from now. It's changing. Rather, when, when, when the Bible speaks of ta ethne, all nations, okay, it's speaking more about ethnic groups. It's speaking more about people groups. The thing about people groups is that if you're part of a people group, you have this common history, you have this common language, you have these common beliefs and identity, in the world today, on the planet Earth, we have 196 countries. We have borders around pieces of land, 196 countries. But in the world today, we have 17,000 people groups, ethnic groups. For example, the country of India has one border around it, but it has 2,560 people groups. So when we think about ta ethne, when we think about all nations, we need to get really, really, really clear now about our job description. Jesus wants us to bring the gospel to every nation, every people group on the planet. You see, here's the thing about God is that God has a global heart. We all know John 3.16, don't we, right? John 3.16 says, says, for God so loved the world that he gave his son Jesus. For who? For the world. He didn't give his son for part of the world or for half of the world. He didn't give his son Jesus just for our part of the world or this little community here that we find ourselves in. He gave his son because he loved the world. Ta ethne, all nations, every single person on the planet, every single people group on this planet, he gave it for all of them, okay? God loved the entire world. So let's think about this today. Let's bring this full circle Crosspoint Church, we are part of a movement that is known as the Christian and Missionary Alliance in Canada. And since the beginning, the Christian and Missionary Alliance Church in Canada has taken this one job very seriously, to bring the gospel to those who have never heard. As a matter of fact, the founder of our movement, A.B. Simpson, said this of the CMA, he said this, our movement aims to reach the most neglected fields, to avoid the beaten tracks of other laborers, to press on to the regions beyond, and instead of building upon another man's foundation, to preach the gospel where Christ has not been named. Since its earliest days, we have focused on the least reached people groups in the world. So we do not send workers into part of the world where there's already strong gospel presence, where there's already great works happening and taking place. Instead, we take our job very seriously as a denomination, and we send workers to people in places, in people groups that are least reached. Today, I'm going to throw this num uh, chart up on the screen here. We have 17,043 people groups in the world and the population of the planet estimated today is about 7.7 .7 billion people. On the planet today, 7,078 people groups are unreached. They do not have a Bible in their language. They do not have a gospel presence. They do not have 
churches that are set up. They are unreached people groups. That's 3.1 billion people today on the planet do not have the opportunity to hear the good news about Jesus Christ. 41.4%. That number, if you think about it, is staggering. And praise God, in the past two millennia, we have done great work, but there is so much more for us to do in the world today. So our Canadian denomination supports about 250 international workers. And 40% of them are actually in uh, countries that are closed to missionaries, that are closed to international workers. And we call those creative access countries, CACs, okay? Because we have to get really, really creative about getting people into those countries so they can tell the good news about Jesus. Because some of them actually risk their lives doing it. So they've set up businesses or they set up organizations within those countries so that they can be in there and can be a gospel presence telling the stories about Jesus. Now, with Crosspoint, we are just starting to learn to take this one job seriously. And because of this, we formed a partnership with some international workers. Uh, The partnership agreement we have with them is called the Seamless Link. Our partners are Darren and Naomi Herbold, uh, and they're working in Phuket, Thailand, in a part of the world that is very, very unreached, where there's very, very limited gospel presence. Uh, And if you know Darren and Naomi's story, if you've been with Crosspoint for a while, you know quite a bit about them. Uh, They, about five years ago, decided that they were going to go into this part of the world, and they set up an organization called For Freedom International. Uh, This organization works at bringing freedom to those who are being sexually exploited in Phuket, Thailand. So they they work on prevention, they work on intervention, they also work on restoration, and they also share the good news about Jesus because they know that one of the best gifts that they can give to those who are trying to escape this way of life is to show them how much God loves them and introduce them into a life-giving, transforming relationship with our God, Jesus Christ. And so that's part of the work that they do. Well, this October, you know that we sent a team into Phuket, Thailand from Crosspoint, and we were there uh, to discover how we can deepen our, and further our partnership with them. Uh, as a church, we are committed to supporting them. Uh, by, we are praying for them. And as well, we're seeking to determine and understand down the road what does it mean to continue to partner with them. Well, this week, you know, as I've, as, as I've been doing with this series, I wanted to give you a chance to hear from Darren and Naomi. Now, the problem is they're in Thailand, and you're in Edmonton, uh, and there is a 13-hour time difference between us and them. Now, I've always wanted to do a live interview with them in Thailand. However, if we did that, it'd be midnight there, and uh, they weren't cool about that, okay, uh, understandably. So what we did instead, we did a pre-recorded interview with them last week. It's a Skype interview. The video quality is, and sound quality is not stellar, but that also makes it feel a little bit more missionary-like when you think about it, right? Um, so they are sitting on their couch in their living room. I'm sitting in my office. It's 7 a.m. where I am. It is like 8 o'clock at night where they are. And we wanted to interview them and get some updates about what's been happening because there's been some exciting stuff happening in Thailand in the last little bit. So let's listen in our conversation together. Let's watch this video together, and then I'll come up and talk just a little bit more. So let's watch this. All right, we are excited to have Darren and Naomi Herbold here from For Freedom International. And... uh, Give them a wave, uh, Darren and Naomi, and Crosspoint, wave to them. Of course, we're uh, not live feeding this. This is a pre-recorded episode for us together. Um, But we're excited to have them here uh, to talk a lot about what's going on uh, with them. So, uh, you know, guys, a lot has happened since we were there in October uh, with our team. So why don't you just give us a bit of an overview of the stuff that's going on uh, in your facility and with your ministry? Sure. Uh, first off, howdy, everybody. Yeah, just glad to be able to be with you guys, even if it's just digitally and from across the world. Um, but And also to the team that was here, first off, thanks to the church for sending them. And uh, we just really loved having the team here. And it was a huge encouragement to us and to everyone on the ground here. So thank you for partnering that way. Uh, October, as the team probably shared, was a, kind of uh, a lot of things coming together as we were launching the kind of the first round, first year of ministry in this new building. And so when the team was there, a lot of that stuff was coming together. We're in the midst of hiring, so there's been new staff that's kind of showed up. 
Uh, we're trying to recruit a social worker and some government staff and getting ready for justice semester, which we'll talk about later. And, uh, and then also just really getting into a push of kind of that moment when you're like, you feel God's putting all these pieces together and you're starting this vocational training program and there's been miracles along the way. And yet you're like, hey, there's no students yet. <laughs> and so what, what about that, God? And so that was, that was an interesting, that was an interesting season. So you guys left kind of October, November, we're going hard prepping, still no students. December hits. Uh, we had family vacation, I think on the 19th of December. And basically by the 10th of December, there were still no students. And then within one week, uh, the program totally filled up. And, and, and just really quickly, Darren, by students, you mean the students in the vocational program, not the justice right. semester students, yeah. right? That's yeah. the vocational training program. So in the, in the baking program, which Naomi will chat about in a little bit, and in the salon training program. Mm. And uh, for those that might not know, then additional life skills and Bible classes and ESL that kind of goes along with that. Uh, but it was nice. It was just incredible to see. It's been, we've always said the one thing we do every week is pray. And we prayed really hard that last week there. <laughs> and... God has just been really faithful and so filled it. It was amazing. And that's kind of been the story all, mm. all along. And then along the way, uh, in January, we started Justice Semester, which is uh, a program for young adults in our churches back home in Canada to come for kind of a discipleship experience over three months. And so kind of all that in the last three months uh, from October to kind of being, being in January, February is what's been taking place. And it's been, it's been a pretty wild ride. Sometimes you can't find a place in the building because it's so full to do a call right. like this, right? <laughs> Which is cool. Yeah. It's a great problem to have. Yeah, yeah. Things are just hustling and bustling around there, and it kind of all happened at once for you guys. Hey, it's just everything. Yep. Hit. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Uh, why don't you give us um, a bit of a snapshot about your vocational program with the salon and the bakery? So, you know, tell us. You know, what's what's been happening? What's God been doing? Sure. Um, First of all, I want to say, I tell everyone that your team was my favorite. Uh, <laughs> and they're one of your team members, I won't call them out, but talked about our team is in relation to Noah building the ark. And it was really, we all just felt that. And it was so true. Like we were preparing, preparing, and then God sent no animals, but eight women. And so it was just pretty amazing. Okay. So we have four women in the salon program and four women in the bakery program. And the four women in our salon program are all over 18 and they live in a safe house with a Thai mom mm. who is also a Christian lady. And it's just been so neat to see them from the day they started till now. Three out of four were just hard hearted against Jesus. And like, you know, that's great, but no thank you. And just seeing over the last, what, two months, yeah. just they've all decided that wow, we believe Jesus is God and we want to pursue this. And it's just so amazing. Yeah. And then the four bakery <clears throat> students, they all um, come from a same small village here in Phuket. And they're all under 18. So they still live at home, but they come every morning with a driver. And they show, we were wow. kind of worried, you know, are they, they've all dropped out of school when they were young girls. And so we thought, are they going to show up on time? Is this going to be rough? But they come at least 30 minutes early every day. And wow. they're just so gung-ho. And three out of four of them have decided that they want to pursue Jesus. One is pretty hard-hearted. And we've got some sad news about her family recently. So we're still hoping and praying and that she will make that choice soon. But it's been amazing wow. to see. Yeah. Yeah, that's incredible. Because when we were there, there were... You know, we had the facility and you had this uh, this whole bunch of potential, but yep. nothing. But now all of yep. a sudden in just three months or four months, yeah, God's amazing. It's so cool. Well, and I think a cool story is sometimes culturally you don't understand, especially when you're doing gospel presentations and explaining it. Uh, are they doing, are they accepting and moving things forward just because, you know, they feel like they have to or there's some kind of cultural pressure to accept what we're saying? And uh, Vieta, which is our Thai, uh, you know, disciple teacher and teaches the Bible class, uh, they were going through a, a biblical story and they talking about salvation and Christ's gift for us. And, and, and some of the women wanted to accept Christ, 
uh, however they verbalized that. And she actually talked him, she was trying to talk him out of it. So she didn't really <laughs> believe either. So then, you know, like, okay, you sure, you know, that kind of stuff. They had a conversation for an hour, had lunch break, came back. It was supposed to be life skills class first thing in the afternoon. And they're like, no, 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 we don't, we don't want to do that. We want to talk about Jesus and how do we give our life to Christ. <laughs> and so that was just a really neat story where she just came super excited one day into the office and said, hey, they chose. And so yeah. that's just, we just realized that's the first step of many now as mm. they follow to, as they choose to follow Jesus. And one of those bakery girls, she said she had a dream and she said Jesus met her in a green field and he held out his hand and asked her to hold his hand and she grabbed a hold of it and she said she woke up and her heart was just bursting. She was just like so filled with love and awe. And I just think she, she lives in literal slums. And so she's never seen a green field in her life. And so wow. I just thought that was so neat. That's where Jesus met her. It was really mm. cool. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And how long, how much longer will they be in the uh, vocational training there? Until December. Okay. So that's Five a, days a week. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a good long relationship building time. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. It's a full, almost a full year. Mm -hmm. And then, and then, I mean, and then some of our hopes will be that one or two of them might be identified to kind of be in an apprenticeship type of role and be able to coach and build into them as they hopefully uh, build into an educator for the program for the next group of women into the future. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, why don't you tell us about the justice semester? Um, this is new for you guys. Um, everyone might not know what it is, so maybe a bit of a quick explanation of that and uh, give us some points of celebration with that. Yeah, so, when I was 18, I uh, went for three months to Africa, kind of on a gap semester kind of break before college and all that kind of stuff. And Jesus met me in a profound way. And there's something about, at least in my own experience, maybe some of, some of you watching and listening, there's something about being in a different context and culture where you realize you're just not as in control as you thought you were. Mm. And it's, it's just easier for God to get your attention. At least it has been that way for me. And so yeah. God in my own life used that to really uh, shape the rest of my life. And so part of our passion as a team has always been how, regardless of what we're doing programmatically, how are we creating space and time and, and spending energy to be able to build into the next generation of leaders? And so that's the, that was the idea of Justice Semester. Uh, justice Semester is a, is a three-month discipleship program. Uh, we talk about justice and we talk about community development, and but we talk about a whole bunch of there's Old Testament overview, New Testament overview, deeper life, the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives, and the, the role of the local church. And so uh, we tell everyone it's all about ad adventuring deeper with Jesus, yourself, others, and the oppressed. And so there were seven students that came in this first round from uh, different places, uh, CMA churches are around Canada. And... Uh, yeah, it's just been really powerful to see, uh, just to, you just kind of watch, especially that first two weeks, right? You take them to the market and they're seeing these bugs that are for sale and it stinks a little bit and it's mm, hot, crickets. sweaty, Yum. right? There's, there's a karaoke bar blaring music at them across the street and, uh, you know, all of this is hitting them in the midst of that. Uh, they've all had these significant encounters with Christ mm. and uh, they're actually this week we call it our, our, our ministry project week. They all have to do these projects that they can present to their churches back home mm. and see if they can be involved in local ministry back home in a, in a new way or a different way. And just being, just reading through some of their testimonies as they, you know, prepare their five minute, 10 minute update talk has just been really powerful. And can, just for us to go, man, this is really important mm -hmm. and has been very important for these students. And so, uh, we think it's been great. We're really looking forward to next year. We've started accepting students for next year and uh, hoping for 12 to 20 students probably next year for a three-month run. So when when is next year? What month? January? Uh, so yeah, it starts in January. So uh, yeah. Middle January till middle April. And uh, we've extended it one extra week so that people can experience Thai New Year's, which mm -hmm. is... Uh, just a countrywide water fight, yeah. <laughs> which is kind of a neat experience. A good, good high to end on. Yeah, good. Well, why don't you talk to us about what's uh, what's coming up? What's in the near future for you guys? Yeah, one of the things where Naomi mentioned was the the bakery students. They uh, 
there would be an indigenous people group called the Sea Gypsies, uh, which live on a bunch of the islands here in South Thailand. And the Social Development and Human Security, which is kind of the social welfare department of Thailand, has asked us to partner with this indigenous group further. And so we're just excited to see what that might look like. And of course, we're coming at it from a, with biblical values, and they're coming at it from kind of self-help values. And But we're just having this good conversation of what does this look like for next to be able to support. Uh, and, and, and the amount of favor that... Um, just having these four women in the bakery program mm -hmm. and seeing that, hey, this is a benefit to them. We're not taking anything from anybody there or manipulating yeah. the situation has, has just generated a lot of mm -hmm. favor. Mm -hmm. uh, that same, um, it's been, especially Naomi's heart, to be involved with foster care. And actually, the Christian Missionary Alliance, almost 10 years ago, when they thought about sending people to the south of Thailand, that was one of the original action items was, is there a way to develop a foster care program? Mm. And uh, they've given us, you know, because sometimes you're going to, you're asking things of the government and you're like, Lord, please let them kind of say yes. <laughs> and they've given us like carte blanche permission to run the program in the province. And so we're actually kind of pulling back a little bit to go, uh, we want to help facilitate, uh, but really want to support and build capacity of the government. But the most exciting part for us is, having the local Thai churches learn about God's heart uh, for the orphan and the poor and the destitute and have them come alongside and be the, the primary caregivers of these children that are in need. So those would be two uh, kind of significant things in the okay. future coming up. Um, well, we want to uh, continue to pray for you guys. Um, you're in our hearts. I mean, we, we send out uh, your, your newsletters and uh, your requests to our prayer networks here. And uh, we want to continue partnering with you in many ways, but one of the significant ways is in prayer. I mean, and we know that having gone there um, with the opposition and the uh, spiritual darkness that you sometimes face as you're doing your great work there, uh, we need prayer. We need God on our side. So uh, what are some of the ways that cross-pointers can be praying with you guys? Uh, one way is we recently hired a social worker and found out the week after she started that she has cancer. And so she's had to quit because she's just so weak. And, you know, we can't, we feel sad and wish she could stay, but it is the right decision. And so prayer for her, for her salvation, and prayer that we could find a new social worker mm. as soon as possible. Yeah. And also our Thai baker, her father just passed away and... Mm. Um, yeah, she's not a believer either. And so we've noticed a lot of uh, spiritual opposition with her. And I've, I've seen her praying to the spirit house outside our building. And she's very resistant. She doesn't want to come to our prayer meetings on Wednesdays. And so we're just praying that God would encounter her. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so her name is, is Lek. Oh, yeah. And so uh, if you remember to pray for Lek and that God would meet her in a significant way. It's often these life moments, right? Uh, weddings and, and funerals where you either harden your heart or you're more receptive. So we're just praying when she comes back on Monday that it'll be an opportunity for more conversation. Mm -hmm. Family-wise, we're all we're all doing pretty good. We're healthy and uh, everyone's pretty happy. As kids are looking forward like everywhere else. To that school is coming to an end. Yeah. And, and uh, but you can pray for some of our staff. Uh, some of our foreign staff are going home this summer for their first home assignment. Uh, a lot of our staff are younger and kind of in their first ministry serves. And so just praying that that would be a time of refreshing and, uh, you know, just rejuvenation of God's call in their life and, and of what that means for them as they come back in this fall. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we would be happy to pray for that. And, you know, we're going to pray for that uh, as soon as we're done this interview. We'll pray for you as, a, as our church family. So you can expect to, uh, you know, to see what God does uh, as a result awesome. of our prayers and of your prayers together. So, hey, guys, thanks, thanks so much uh, for doing this interview. Uh, we love you guys. Um, our church is standing with you and standing behind you, and we know you're doing the same there uh, because mm -hmm. this is a partnership we have together yeah. as a seamless link, and uh, we're delighted to do it with you guys. So I know it's late there for you, <laughs> uh, but it's really early here for me. So. <laughs> Uh, for those who don't know, there's a 13-hour time difference uh, between us both. So it was 
really interesting to try and find the right little space of time where we can do this. So yeah. anyway, love you guys and love God you bless. Too. Thank you. Okay. Hey, thanks guys. See you at Crestline. Right. Isn't that awesome? Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, uh, in Jesus' name, we come before you uh, and, and we pray for uh, those in their work, Lord, who do not know you and who they would love to come know you and experience you and, and receive your love and be, uh, to be rescued and restored. We pray, Lord, that by your Holy Spirit, you would bring that to light in their hearts. You would open their eyes. Um, you would soften their hearts and they would come to know you in a very profound way. We pray for assistance with a social worker, Lord, that you would provide for that need, because uh, it's very important for them to be able to, uh, uh, to be able to have access to social agencies and to help people get into safe houses and all of that. We pray today for Darren and Naomi, Lord, would they would be blessed. They'd sense your nearness. They would be empowered by you. You would give them hope in their hearts, um, and uh, that their cup would just be full on, on this day. Thank you that they're sleeping right now on the other side of the world. And I pray they'd wake up just filled with your presence. And God, continue to advance your work there in Phuket, Thailand. Show us, God, what part we have in that as well as a church community. Um, give us wisdom and guidance. And uh, yeah, thanks that we get to do this. We pray these things now in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Oh, hey, Ethan, how are you? Let's give Ethan a hand. Yeah. Wow, that took some time. Well, I was waiting outside. You took one. Okay, okay, okay. Well done. Awesome. What is it? Medium coffee, two cream, two sweetener. Oh, you're all, oh, on a bank card. I almost didn't ask for this. Did you get something for yourself? I, I did. I did. Okay. Kind of tax. Just the juice? Yeah, just the juice. Oh, okay. Juice. Well, you, could, you had my bank card. You could have got a whole lot more than that. Okay. <laughs> Well done, good and faithful Ethan. Um, thank you for blessing me this morning with this delicious coffee. All right. You're welcome. You're a good man. All right. He takes his job very seriously. Okay. So let's give him a hand one more time. Uh, God has been very clear to us about what our one job is as, as a church community. And it's, it's to take the good news of Jesus to parts of the world where his name has not been heard. Um, now, most of you are sitting here and you're saying, I am not the Apostle Paul. I am not going to be getting in a boat or getting on a plane and traveling to another part of the world. So what does this mean to me this morning? Well, we all have actually a part that we can play in pursuing this mission that Jesus has for his church. And just very quickly, I'm just going to get really practical here. What's one thing that we can all do? We can all pray. We can all pray for the Herbolds. We can pray for God's great mission in the world. We can pray that God would give us a global vision for his mission. We can pray. Second is uh, we can give. Um, we at Crosspoint, you can designate to our global fund. That money goes to pay, help those workers that are in the foreign field. Um, you could consider maybe part of your tithe or part of your offering or something above and beyond that you just want to say, you know what, I want to contribute to what God's mission is doing. Every once in a while, we're going to do a project with the Herbolds. We invite you to participate in that by giving to God's great mission. A third thing you can do is you can go. Maybe you're here today and you're saying, hey, I graduate this year. Maybe a justice semester is something that you could possibly be part of. Or maybe as we do future mission works, excursions in Phuket and in other parts of the world, that's something that you can be part of. Or maybe you're here today and God is actually impressed on your heart that he wants you to do an extended period of time in some international work in some part of the world. If God is calling you to do that, Follow God in obedience because there is no greater delight in this life than to obey the Father because blessing comes with obedience when we follow God in what he's called us to do. Maybe it's going. And finally, it's to love. We are at a unique point in history in Canada and in the world. Whereas the world, the nations are no longer somewhere out there, but the nations are actually among us. 
And our vision for Crosspoint is that we would be a beautiful kaleidoscope of nations, people from every nation, tongue, and tribe, that Crosspoint here would look like the community that surrounds this space. You are surrounded by the nations, the ta-ethne. They are among us. And God has called us to love them with the gospel, to demonstrate the gospel, to share the good news, and more importantly, to be good news to the nations. And so Crosspoint, you know that that's our calling uh, as the people of God, the sent people of God. And my prayer is that we would learn to love the nations well, not only somewhere on the other side of the world, but here in the city. And maybe for you, God is saying, can you do that? Can you love others well? Let me close by just saying this. Why is it? What is the reason we do our one job so well? And the reason why we do it is because Jesus did his one job well. Jesus, he talks about his mission in Mark chapter 10, verse 45. He says, the son of man came not to serve, not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And the reason why we take our job seriously and the reason why we do our job so well is because our great God did the same. And he's calling us to do something exactly he himself would do, which is to serve others and to love others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus is our guide. Jesus is our example. And Jesus is our savior. So I'm going to invite the band. We're going to sing a final song together. And as we do that, uh, why don't we pray? Father, would you show us what part we have in this one job uh, that you have for us, which is to preach the gospel to all nations. Lord, to, to bring your good news to those who have never heard. And thanks that we get to be part of what it is that you're doing. And uh, we bless you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Well, thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope it's helped you in your spiritual journey and it's helped you draw closer to God. Let me tell you a little bit about us. Crosspoint gathers as one church on Sundays in Northeast Edmonton. And you can find out our location and more about us by visiting our website, thecrosspointchurch.ca. We also meet throughout the week throughout Edmonton in what we call home groups. These are smaller communities of learning, laughter, community, uh, transformation. We, we think that the journey of faith was never intended to be an independent exercise. It's, it's something that we do together. So please visit our website and find out how you can get connected to a home group near you. If you listen to our podcast regularly, why not make it shareable? You could like us on iTunes or share our podcast with other people. But more importantly, we hope you will get connected with other people and talk about what you've learned. Again, hey, thanks for listening. We pray you'll experience Christ's love in a very real and profound way this week.